we don't have to wait till heaven to hear God's well done. We don't have to wait till heaven to sit in his lap. We don't have to wait to heaven to hear his voice or check in with him. We can do it every few minutes, our whole life long on earth. And so when you ask me, what is your relationship with God? It is just a constant back and forth engagement. Welcome to the Faith Inspired Podcast by Faith and Gather. I'm your host, Erica Dvorak. Join me and the Faith and Gather community as we become faith-inspired to tackle the messy and embrace the beautiful areas of life. We're going to meet you right where you're at, right when you need it, by helping you live a less stressed, more joy-filled life lived by bold faith and walking in obedience. You have a God-sized calling, but you don't have to choose between your sanity or juggling it all. We'll keep you one step ahead, armed with knowledge to fight your everyday battles and live a life faith-inspired. Because faith is not just a belief. It's a lifestyle. Come on, let's get it. What does success mean to you? Is it a title, experience, or money in the bank? For Marnie Swedberg, success has a different meaning and one that I cannot help but desire. With her method of the ABCs of success and her transforming biblical success principles, You will find success not in a single achievement, but daily as you lay your head down to bed. If your high achiever self doesn't ever feel like you deserve a well done, this episode is one you need to hear. Settle in and get ready to have your meaning of success transformed because you can achieve those God-sized dreams, but with these tools, achieving them will be so much sweeter. Hey, Marnie, it's such a treat to have you on the Faith Inspired Podcast. Thanks, Erica. It's great to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for just being a guest. You are what the world would call a successful businesswoman, (laughs) and that is just what we're going to talk about today, success, however, with a biblical perspective and lens. So I would love to have the conversation get started by you really sharing about who you are and then some of your successes in life and business. I'd love to do that. And it's so great to be here. Thanks for having me on. I want to talk first about failure because every failure is a feedback. It's giving us the opportunity to look at how things are going and see if there's a better way to do it or if we can see places to improve. And so I want to start by encouraging you that no matter where you are on your journey, you're not at the end of your journey until it's the end. So just don't worry about it. My journey started as a child not being able to read, and I couldn't really read until I was an adult. So I could sound the words out and I could memorize words, but I really couldn't just read until I was out from under the pressure of school. And at that point, then when I began to be able to read, then I became just (laughs) vociferous. I mean, I couldn't get enough. And I just read and read and read everything. And to think now that I've written 13 books uh, is just shocking, right? Because this child couldn't read. And I love how God does that, how God takes something that would be considered a huge weakness and he turns it into a strength. So during those years when I couldn't read, when I had to just figure out uh, ways to listen and ways to memorize and ways to just really struggled all the way through school, I became very efficient 
because I had to do more work than everybody else. And so I became super efficient at getting things done and very organized in how I think about things. And I really believe that that's why I'm able to have the success that I have today is because God trained me up from the time I was small to think outside the box, to think differently from other people. And God has done the same thing for everybody listening in your own way, in your own sphere, how he has um, set you up for success. Can I give you my definition of success? Yes, please do. <laughs> so I know that Webster's definition is the attainment of a goal. So success is the attainment of a goal. And when we were raising our kids, we lived in War Road, Minnesota. My oldest son's classmate was Gigi Marvin, who went on to become a gold medalist in the Olympics. As she was growing up, Gigi worked very hard and everything was about hockey uh, from the time she was little and she loved it, but it was also a ton of work, right? Morning till night and uh, years and years and years of investment before she finally got to stand on the platform at the Olympics and get the gold medal. So the whole time that Gigi was working toward the gold, she was a hopeful future success. And then she got on the platform for a moment she was a success. And then she got off the platform and she had to start defending her success or she had to move on with her life and do something different. And that's a great, I mean, what a great story, right? To become a gold medal Olympian is so cool. But with the way that Jesus does it with us is he says his success perspective for us is to hear his well done. And we can hear that every single day, like at the end of every day, just check in with Jesus. How is it with us today? And what I want to hear before I go to sleep at night is, well done, my good and faithful servant. And some nights he tucks me in with that. And other nights he says, uh, we have a couple things to talk about before you go to sleep. <laughs> God's success is so different from worldly success in that we don't have to wait so long to find out if we've got it. Uh, we can have it every single day. And I, I just love that about walking with Jesus and working for him. Oh, he's such a beautiful savior, such a beautiful savior. And I love how you put it that way that we get to hear that every day because that's usually correlated with the end of your life. You know, when we meet Jesus, we're going to hear hopefully well done, good and faithful servant. But the fact that he, we can hear that from him every day is just so wonderful. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for saying that. And what an amazing story that he took someone who couldn't really read well and turn them into a writer and a speaker and someone who communicates for their life, which is just so fabulous. So you have what you call the ABCs of success and success of top tier achievers. I've never heard you explain it before. So I would love for you to go through what are those ABCs of the top tier achievers? So I interviewed and I researched a lot of presidents and CEOs and Olympians. And uh, these are the five ABCDE that I came up with that they had kind of in common. And so they're easy to remember because it's the acronym that ABCDE. So A stands for assess and assigned value. So you look at something that's in your life and you assign it a value. So like Gabby Douglas, the Olympian, um, she was a gymnast, and she would say, the tough days are the great days because the tough days are what make uh, what make heroes. And so she would look at like the day she sprains her ankle or the day that she has a really bad fall as the day she learns, oh, don't do that, that I can't do that. You know, uh, I can do amazing things, but I can't do that and succeed. So assess everything and assign it a value. I like to think of, let's say, if you have a long commute 
and you just, it's driving you crazy, but you got to do the long commute to get where you're going, taking your kids to school or whatever. How can you assign that a value so that it turns from being something bad and necessary into something necessary and good? Because a lot of us lose a lot of time, like when we're waiting, why aren't we uh, memorizing a scripture verse? Or, you know, when we're standing in line, why aren't we connecting with the person who's in front or behind us? If we assess everything and assign it a value that has eternity in mind, things just change radically and we can really use all of our minutes. So the second one is B, and that's for batch. And I like to say it like this, whenever you can combine things, it makes things flow better. So examples would be, you wouldn't think of making a single chocolate chip cookie. You make a whole batch of cookies, right? Because <laughs> it just goes better. Or you wouldn't put five gallons of gas in your car when you could fill the tank because you just have to stop a little bit later. But yet in our daily lives, a lot of times we're doing solo activities that take a lot of time and energy. Think of things like checking your email, checking your texts, checking your social media. Those things should be batched and done all at one time, leaving space in between to do other things. So anywhere where you can batch, batch things. I love that, that um, I'm actually batch recording podcasts right now. So <laughs> we are recording right now and the month we're in is November. And I'm not sure on your air date yet, but somebody could be listening to this in February. I've noticed as I've batch recorded podcasts that that's been so helpful just on the business side of things. I had a guest last week that had talked about batching, like when you're folding your laundry and when you're getting your groceries, like putting them away in, in batches. And so this is just another avenue of like batching your social media time and batching your emails. So batching. Let's all do our batching. <laughs> BBB batch. Yes. <laughs> okay, going on to C is to calculate the cost and calculate the value. So keep in mind how much the things that you're doing are costing you. And it's not always just money. Uh, sometimes it's energy. Uh, sometimes it's other resources, uh, time. And so if you check on, keep on looking at that. And it's fun because the A is assess and the E in the equation here, A, B, C, D, E, is evaluate. And those are kind of like the bookends at both ends of our life and what we're doing. And if we continue to assess and also to E, evaluate, what happens is that things don't just get out of hand. So you're doing the same thing over and over and over without ever looking at it. So you want to keep looking at the different aspects of your life. And the C then is calculate. Calculate the cost of it and what the benefit is so that you're not just endlessly throwing time. I think this is really important with social media. A lot of times you just get sucked in to it or like watching or listening to something, uh, a long series uh, you know, uh, is this really what you wanted to do with your time or did you start and now you feel obligated to finish? You know, just keep on calculating and looking at those kind of things and seeing if you're getting the benefit out of it that you hoped you would. So interesting. Really, really interesting. I love calculating the cost because we think we have an endless amount of time, but we don't. I mean, we know we don't, but it feels that way, especially for me right now in my stage of life. It feels like the days are very long. <laughs> but then, you know, all of a sudden, my baby girl was just, I was able to hold just rock in my arms. And now, you know, she's almost a toddler size. So it's just so fleeting. So being able to evaluate the cost and evaluate what really is going in there, calculate the cost and, and calculate that value is really important. Yeah. And then the D stands for delegate. 
or do. So we delegate all kinds of stuff. And this is the one that I get the most kickback from people who say, oh, I just can't, I can't delegate. But I always like to say, okay, do you grow all your own food? Like, do you have cows in the backyard or do you delegate some of that to the grocery store? You know, and do you personally deliver all your own mail or do you delegate that to the mailman? You know, I mean, it's like we delegate all the time, but then there are certain things in our lives that we haven't really thought about that for. And when I'm working with leaders, I'm always wanting to say, do the things that only you can do. Like Erica, there is nobody that can love on your baby like you can. Nobody. I mean, you can find childcare, but they're not going to love her the way you do, you know? And when you guys have a business or a ministry or whatever, there are things that only you can do. But if you are finding that you've assessed things and you need to get something off your plate or you've calculated and you're like, I need to have more time to focus on this other aspect of things, delegation is a wonderful tool that we have in our toolbox to help us be successful. And so look at ways that you can delegate. And then anything that you can't delegate, of course, do and do with joy. A lot of times we feel like we have to do something for God, but really he doesn't need us. He's really giving us the privilege of partnering with him in any kind of a ministry or or a project. And it's such a joy to just partner with him. Oh, that's so true. He would be fine if we just sat on our bum and praised him all day long. <laughs> yeah, he would be fine. We wouldn't be fine. Yeah, we wouldn't be fine. fine. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't be fine. I, my type A personality would not be fine at all. I would be like, I got to get moving. But he that's all we need to give him is our praise and give the glory back to him. That's all he's asking for us. So that delegation is so key with everything that you do. I see that in my personal life and my business life delegating tasks to my husband for our home because you know I, I want to control those but he is more than capable to do things in our home and then in business you know as I grow I'm eventually going to need to pass things off that I hold close but in order to grow the business scale the business and reach more women that's something that I'm going to have to learn how to do right good so a is assess assign value B is batch as often as you can. C is keep calculating. Calculate and see if it's really worth what you're putting into it. D is delegate or do it yourself. And E is evaluate. Oh, A, B, C, D, E. I love that. So simple. Just simple to remember. I love that acronym. Thank you for sharing that. So you said your success to you is so different, and I agree 100% with your your vision of success or your view of success, that it's really biblical. And you have something that is called Perspective Transforming Biblical Success Principles. Can you walk us through that? Yeah, so I have a whole certification program on that. I call it SPY, Success Principles Intensive. But it's a six-hour course over at Marnie.com that leaders can go through. And, and you don't have to be a leader, but maybe somebody with a big vision, like God has given you this vision, and you're like, how does a person actually go about doing something bigger than life, right? I remember when God put in my heart, you are Marnie, mentor to millions. And I went, what? I'm just Marnie. <laughs> This is not true. I'm not mentored to millions. But from God's perspective, he knew that I would be. And so he put it in my heart early. And then you have to go about saying, well, how would I, you know, how would you walk that out? And so what he showed me is all these 
biblical success principles that help us from the very beginning, first of all, to define success like he does, instead of that it's the applause of man or that you're going to go cross the finish line in some race and then ta-da, you're a success because from God's perspective, I can be a success in one moment and I can be failing him the next moment. But by the time I go to bed, I can be a success again because I confessed that and released it. (laughs) So it's so beautiful to walk with God and to just check out all the people in the Bible and how they accomplish the work that God put in their hearts to do. And basically it's that, you know, we think most Christians believe that we're supposed to do it, right? That we're supposed to, I'll use the analogy of a glass of water and a straw, okay? So we all think that we're supposed to come up with the water that's in the glass. And then other people can drink on our lives and they get, you know, what we come up with. And that's how most of us function all the time. Best I can do. That's a phrase I used for years. That's the best I can do. That's all I can give. Uh, I'm out of gas. I don't have any more to give like that. And then uh, God just showed me that actually we are the straw and it's what we're submerged in that makes the difference of what people get. And when I'm submerged in Jesus, when people take a drink of my life, they get Jesus. But when I'm submerged in myself, sometimes what they get is pure toxic. (laughs) And sometimes they don't get anything because I'm dry. I'm all run out. So when we stay submerged into Jesus, that's how we actually accomplish the things that are going to last for eternity. And I think that uh, 2 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, is so clear about this. At the beginning of the love chapter, it's really clear. It's using the word love, but it's using the word agape love versus eros or storge or phileo, human loves. It's using the God love. And it says, if you give your body to be burned and you don't do it in agape love, in God's love, it's nothing. If you give all your money away to feed the poor and you don't do it with God's love and others submerged in God, yeah, you fed the poor, but there's no eternal value. So the difference in success then is not viewing it on the human level at all. It's viewing it for eternity. What is God doing that's lasting for eternity through our lives? And that is success from his perspective. It's like playing a whole different game on a whole different field than what we thought we were playing. And so that's the spy training, the success principles, and it changes our perspective and it changes how we live. How do you implement that in a physical here on earth realm. How do you actually implement that? Say, if you could give an example of how you use that in your own business to live in that way. Yeah, sure. I have two examples that are coming immediately to mind on Thursday of this past week. So just a few days ago, I was going to go live on a, on a program like this, except it was airing live and I, it was going to start in 10 minutes and the doorbell rang and both my husband and I work from home. So I said, I'll grab it. And so I went out and answered the door and the person at the door was a woman I hadn't seen in two and a half years. And And I was like, oh, my goodness. And so in that moment, I had a decision to make. Uh, What was I going to do with this lady on my doorstep? And I knew instantly. And Erica, I have had so many times that God has just intervened like this in my life that I just knew instantly that I was to just sit down with her and talk. And okay, I knew I was going to go live in 10 minutes. And here she was after two and a half years. So, you know, how is this going to work out? It just seemed impossible. But I've seen God do so many miracles as I trusted him 
to flow through me instead of me produce for him. Like, God, what do you want me to do with her? No, just let him flow through me. So I just shut the door behind me. It was a beautiful day. We live in Florida and we have a lovely porch. And I said, sit down. It's good to see you. So we sat down and we started talking. She started telling me the story of how her husband is dying. And and it was just really a tough time and things were a mess. And um, I prayed at one time as she was talking, I prayed and I'm like, God, how is this going to work? And he said, she'll tell you when you're done. And so I just kept listening and talking with her and pointing her back to Jesus. And then she moved like she was needing to go. And so I said, can I pray with you before you go? So we prayed, give her a big hug, walk back in thinking, oh, wow. <laughs> I think I just really blew it here. <laughs> But yet I was so at peace the whole time and I knew God had it. I got back into my office and looked at the clock and one minute had gone by since I walked outside. Oh my goodness. There was nine minutes left until the live uh, interview started. God has done this for me before where he changes things to make us successful. So my ministry, Erica, is with um, women. I mentor women all over the world. And God put in my heart when I was in my early 30s that I exist to encourage women, provide them with practical help, and turn their thoughts toward Jesus. And so when I got an invitation to go speak in a men's prison to inmates, I was so surprised that my reaction in that moment was that my hands went straight up in the air and I was like, what, what? Yes, 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 yes. Because that wasn't even anything I'd ever thought of doing, wanted to do, wasn't called to do. But in that moment, God just told me in my spirit, this is what you were created to do. And that is the difference between trying to perform for God and just letting God flow through us. And I am telling you that that Friday. So the, the other thing happened on Thursday. And then on Friday, I went to this prison. I did not know that I was going into a level four prison, which has got the worst offenders that are in for life. I had no idea I was going into that. And the day before I was like, okay, God, how do I go in? Like, do I go in quiet and respectful of their circumstances? Or do I go in energetic? Or how do I go in? And, and God said, you just go in fully alive, joyful joy. And that's my name is Marnie Joy. And Marnie in Hebrew means joyful. So I just went in joyful joy, fully energized by Christ. We had such a great time. And at the end, two of the inmates came up to me and said, from the minute you walked in, we felt like we knew you. It's like you're our sister that we've always known you. We were so comfortable with you. And God just did amazing things. When we do this walk, this success walk with God, it looks so different than what we think because we think, well, if he gives me a mission to minister to women, that's it then, you know, that's it. And he will do crazy things like take you into a men's prison when your ministry is for women. <laughs> it's like, what? And, and I had that same reaction another time we were going to India and I was going to do a bunch of women's conferences and pastor leader conferences. And I got the itinerary and it said, on this day at this time, you're going to go speak at a leprosy colony. And I had the exact same response. My arms went straight in the air. I just squealed. I was like, what? Me? That's awesome. And I, I had never even thought of going to a leprosy colony. And it hadn't, I mean, that had not ever been in my heart. But we can know when we're walking with Jesus that if it's a direct hit for us, we'll have peace or we'll have delight or we'll just know. And we'll know it's God because we wouldn't have ever picked it, right? 
Who would pick to go speak at a leprosy colony? Or who would pick to go speak to men who were the worst offenders? You know, I mean, why would why would we pick that? But when God chooses it and assigns it to our count, then he has this amazing, beautiful gift that he wants to give us. And we, he's just saying, will you partner with me? Will you be my girl to go? Will you say yes? And our whole job, Erica, is just to say, yes, Lord, yes. Mm. That just goes straight to my soul because I am running a woman's ministry. And as you were saying that, I'm like, wow, that would be just straight straight out of sideways. You know, that would just I come know. at me sideways. Where is that coming from, Lord? <laughs> and what would my be my reaction to that? But my question to you is there has to be a lot going on with your relationship and communication with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Because I hear often from so many women that they just don't hear from Him. And to me, that makes me think, you know, how are you spending your time with him? What is your walk in your faith look like? So you seem to be very receptive to what the Lord is saying to you and where he is calling you and having peace about that. And that takes effort and time and energy with the Lord. So I would love just a glimpse behind the curtain of what that looks like for you. I love that. Thank you for the opportunity to share this. So what's coming right away to my mind is that we are in the habit of not listening for Jesus. So if you think about being a child growing up, you know, by the time we're two, we're really good at saying, no, me do it my way, mine, I do it. And that independent streak then continues in our souls all the way through our lives, unless Jesus saves us. And then unless after that, we partner with him to become totally dependent on him. So as a parent of a human baby, our goal is to take them from completely dependent on us to independent to the point where they can live out of our home on their own, providing their own way in the world, right? God's role with us is he takes us from completely independent of him, never thinking of him, never looking to him, never considering him, all the way down to where we don't make a move without Jesus. So it's exactly the opposite of earthly parenting. The heavenly parenting is to take us from independent operators to completely dependent flow-through vessels. Like back to the straw analogy, where I can't do a thing without being submerged in Jesus. If I'm doing it on my own, I'm right away anxious or upset or easily offended or hot-tempered, or whatever, if I'm outside of doing it in Jesus. And we can tell these things, right? We can tell when we're doing it on our own, because it feels different than when we're doing it with Jesus. So then the analogy God gave me, I have to tell you this is so funny, because I shared this analogy in the prison with the inmates on Friday. And I said, I'm going to share with you the dolphin analogy. And this room full of men erupted into cheers. They high-fived each other. (laughs) I was like, what is going on here? I have never seen anything like that. In all the years of teaching this to women, no response. And I realized, oh, the Miami Dolphins. And they were so... (laughs) 
So, uh, Erica, after they settled down, I said, you know, guys, I've been sharing this analogy with groups of women for decades, and I have never had that response from women. And they were all quiet for a second until they realized, oh, we went right to the Miami Dolphins sports game. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> it was a funny moment. But um, the dolphin analogy God gave me because I was frustrated and not being able to pray at all times. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. And I was frustrated because I was trying and trying to pray without ceasing. And I kept getting interrupted by life. And I was like, God, why do you give us a command that's impossible to keep? And so he showed me the analogy of the dolphin. So the dolphin is a water dweller, but an air breather. It does all of its life underwater, but every five minutes or so, it has to come up for air or it will suffocate. And how does it know to come up? It gets uncomfortable. That's how it knows. I, I'm just, I'm uncomfortable. I need a little air. So it goes up for air. And it does that constantly. It does it without ceasing. As soon as it stops doing that, it dies. Well, God showed me that we were built by him to be earth dwellers, but prayer breathers. We were never meant to do this walk by ourselves. We were only ever meant to do it with God. And so as we feel any kind of stress or anxiety or even a high, a happy moment, those are moments where God is calling us to come on up for air through prayer. Just take a moment. And Ephesians 2, 6 says that we are currently seated in the heavenlies with Christ. We don't have to wait till heaven to hear God's well done. We don't have to wait till heaven to sit in his lap. We don't have to wait to heaven to hear his voice or check in with him. We can do it every few minutes, our whole life long on earth. And so when you ask me, what is your relationship with God? It is just a constant back and forth engagement. And it takes time to hear him. We don't just immediately understand how to hear him. Just like when we were a baby and remember the upside down parenting analogy, babies don't come in the world understanding what their parents are saying. They can't. It takes time to know how to listen. It takes time to know how to talk. And the same with spirituality. God is speaking to you. So just start listening and you'll get it wrong sometimes, but don't worry. He's got you. He loves you. He's going to be just like a parent watching our children learn how to toddle. When they fall down, we don't smack them. We say, oh, look at how you're so brave and you're so tough. Come on, try again. You know, that's how God is with us. So there's no fear in it. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Yeah, I can sense that from you as you're talking that you just have that partnership with the Lord. So I always want to dig in and know a, bit, a little bit more of how um, how that happens because there are special women like you that just kind of radiate that aura of the Lord and the light. And so I appreciate you sharing that. So going back to success, really to highlight one of yours so you've written 13 books, but you've also launched 28 women businesses abroad. So you have done a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff in business that requires this action of actually working. So you're behind the computer, you're having conversations, you're communicating, you're doing relationships with people. So as you're building all of those business and creating these successes of what success, you know, in the world's eyes and also God's eyes, how do you align all your priorities with God as you're doing that? Because in my reality of a business, I'm getting up super early. I have to juggle being a mom and a wife, and I have to interact with so many people on a daily basis and just do like the administrative work and then also like the working in the business and on the business. So how do you do all of that when you're in the zone and business, like earthly business realm? 
How do you do that with God's <laughs> priorities as well? Right. Well, I think continuously checking in is really important. I actually have a little 20-minute timer that I keep on my desk. So when I'm working project work, like obviously not while I'm doing a live interview, but in a meeting, I don't use it. But when I'm doing project work, I just set my timer for 20 minutes. And when that goes on, I just do a little check-in with Jesus. And I just say, am I doing what I'm supposed to do? Is this what I'm supposed to do? And that really helps me in the moment to know, because I can tend to get lost for four or five hours on a project and kind of not look up, you know? (laughs) So it's easy, especially on the computer and especially on a long tail project, like writing a book or something, it's very easy to just get lost in it. And so that's really helped me to check in a little more frequently than I would otherwise do. Also, The ABCs are really so helpful just to continually lay it before the Lord. And I like to take what I call mini retreats, where I just go away with Jesus for one to two hours, and I maybe just am in a room in my home with a sign on the door. And I I always just encourage you, if you need to have time alone, just create a sign on your door that says, please do not interrupt. And obviously, if you have a toddler, you can't do that when you're home alone. But if your spouse is there or somebody's there to help you, it, it does really work well. But just find a space to do these mini retreats with God and go through the ABCs again. Assess and say, is this still really necessary? This thing that I'm doing, is this necessary? God makes this really easy for us. It's pain points, actually. It's pain and delight points. And so when you have a something that is causing you pain, that is like uh, if you've got a sliver in your foot, you would not just keep walking around like normal. You would sit down and take the sliver out. But somehow we think emotionally and in business, we think, oh, just push through it. You know, actually pain is there for a reason. Now, if you've been working out and you've got some sore muscles, but you're trying to build strength, now pain is a good thing, right? So you have to keep assessing and assigning it a value. If it's meant to remain, you'll have peace about it or joy and delight. If it's meant to go, you'll keep having red flags about it. And I just really go with that a lot just to say, you know, what do you want me to keep doing? I remember one time, Erica, I was I was younger. I had kids. And we, it was incredibly busy time. And my husband had taken me with on a business trip that he was on. And I had time for a longer retreat with God. And he said when we went, he said, you need to really figure out, you know, what you can get off your plate because it's just too much now. You can't do it all. It's not possible humanly. So I had spent like two and a half, three hours with Jesus just sitting in a restaurant while he was in his meeting. And he came, he came back and on the way home, then we were talking and he said, so what did you decide? And I said, you know, those dark blue rugs in the back hall, when you come in, that I, I just want to replace them with a rug that won't show as much dirt on it because those just show every last thing. And he said, okay, and and what else? And I said, well, that was the only thing I could think of. (laughs) And he said, well, then we have to get you an assistant because this is just not working. (laughs) So that's when I I got my first personal assistant at that time. And, you know, when it's time, you'll know it's time. The funds will be there or you'll have the faith for them. The person will be there or you'll have the faith for that person. We don't have to do this on our own, and God will help us see. But I think it is the consistent going back to Him, laying it before Him. And, you know, I like the Hezekiah thing when he's frustrated and he puts the letter on the bed, and I say on the bed because that's my altar. He went to the altar, actually. (laughs) I say bed because that's where I took my letters when I would get a letter that I made me feel sad. I would take it to the bed. 
things that are painful to me or things that are too hard, I just take them right to the bed, take them to Jesus and just lay them out and just say, God, what do you want me to do with this? There's a verse in Proverbs that says, it is a foolish man in his pride that does not look to God. And I just love that he considers it humility when we say, I've got a problem and you want to help me solve it. Marnie, this has been such a wonderful conversation. You have just a beautiful heart, and it's just been great to get to know you and your your practical side of things too, the practical tools of the ABCs and, and how to have that transformational perspective. But really, um, you just have a great heart for God, and that shows through, and it's just really inspiring. So thank you so much for sharing your knowledge. Really appreciate that. And I know through this conversation, there are going to be women who are listening that would love to connect with you. So where where can the women and the listeners connect with you? Absolutely. My website is just my name, M-A-R-N-I-E.com, Marnie.com. And I've got tons of free training materials over there for you. Uh, whatever God's got you doing, as well as there's a mentorship program that I do group coaching. And that includes Q&As and laser intensives. And we do a 21 day win every month. So you can work on developing good habits. Uh, One of the things that I really teach a lot on is habits because we beat ourselves up about like our habit of not listening to Jesus, our habit of not having more faith, our habit of jumping to conclusions, our hab- we have all these habits. And the beautiful thing is that when you have a path forward and a grace-based accountability group to help you, you can really see some huge strides in your spiritual as well as in your physical life. So there's a lot of stuff that's available over there, but it's all over at Marnie.com. I love that habit. I'm going to go I'm going to go check that out because there's lots lots of little things I have to work on. So <laughs> I will check that out myself. And I want to know because you just, like I said, have just this beautiful heart. And so I'm really interested to know because you are, you radiate joy. You're so joyful, <laughs> just like those prisoners had said, like, you know, just radiate that joy. I want to know what brought you joy today. Oh my goodness. So I'm at a conference right now. I'm in my hotel room at a conference and I had to drive 10 hours to this conference and I had to be here at 10 o'clock in the morning. And so I decided I would drive half of it yesterday, stay in a hotel and then drive the other half this morning. So I got up at five o'clock this morning. Well, I was actually out the hotel door at five o'clock this morning to drive the last five hours. And God and I just had the best time. You know, a lot of times I'll listen to a podcast or a book on tape or talk to people on the phone. This morning, God and I just talked for hours and it was uninterrupted. Car time is real unique. And you guys with your kids as well and your spouse, car time is, there's nothing like car time for conversations. You know, it's just uninterrupted time. And I just had the most beautiful car time with Jesus this morning. And not only that, but some of the views that he let me see this morning were spectacular. There was at one point I was coming around and I could see through the trees, the huge sun, except it didn't look like a sun. It looked like a big white ball in the sky. It was gigantic. And by the time I got around where I could actually see the sun, it just looked like a normal sun again. And I don't know why, I don't know how it changed. You know, sometimes just the look of something just changes with the uh, atmosphere and there's a lot of fog this morning. So anyway, some of the views and I got to see the sunset, got to see the water over at one point, I just said, 
that is so ugly, but it is so amazing. So there was just this like bog thing and the, the, the fog was hovering over and the sun was coming up and it's like the ugliest mess, but it was just gorgeous. And I thought, wow, that's kind of like our lives, right? (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes we feel like I'm the ugliest mess, but yet God is shining his light on it or through it in such a way that it makes it beautiful. So I just, um, yeah, I have, I've already had so much joy today. Yeah. <laughs> Being oh here is just goodness. a joy. <laughs> yes. Oh, thank you for sharing that. What a beautiful picture and of God's goodness and what he'll show when you spend time with him and, and give him, give him your day. So thank you, Marnie, for just Thank you for everything. Thank you for being a champion of the Lord and having your life be um, the mission for Him. So just thank you so, so very much. I know that I was blessed by our conversation and that other women will be as well. Thanks, Erica. Marnie's life has been by all accounts successful with 13 books, 28 businesses, and so much more. But what struck me was her heart and her posture to be open to where God is leading her. I was challenged to evaluate what success looks like and how much more God could do if I partner with Him. I'm so grateful you spent time today listening to this episode. If this episode encouraged you and inspired you, share the love with other women you know and send them the link to this episode. Just think how many more women could be blessed with faith-inspired encouragement. Love and prayers. Erica. Congrats on saying yes to a life filled with joy and Jesus. If you want more, head to faithinspiredpodcast.com for show notes and links to all the resources mentioned in today's episode. Be sure to subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform to stay faith inspired. And remember, faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle. <laughs>